Hello and welcome in to episode 25 of the Fused Relativity Podcast. Guys, we made it to a quarter century, number 25, silver anniversary. I feel like that's a that's a milestone that we should uh, appreciate and celebrate. Yeah. What did you guys get me for our anniversary? <laughs> you guys forgot. A t- oh, you guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> um, John, well, we just talked about it. You're tired. We know that. But how else are you doing tonight? Just really tired. Yeah. Other than no. tired, I'm tired. Okay. No, I I normally only sleep for about six ish hours. Uh, last two nights I've only slept like three. Uh, yeah, that'll make anybody cranky. So you're paler than usual, is what you're saying? Yes. Okay, that's impressive. His tiredness pales in comparison. Yikes. <laughs> More like womp womp. Womp womp. All right. Well, Running Gag, how are you doing this evening? And I'm assuming that means that your name is Running Gag for the whole 25 episodes. Yes, by the fact that I put Running Gag, that you guessed that is my name this week, for sure. You, you nailed it. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, who doesn't? It's just, uh, you know, having a different name. It's sort of a, you know, like the. You know, you guys ever watch Cheers? You know, like every time Norm walked in, he had a new joke. Or, you know, like the Simpsons couch gag. You know what I mean? Just it's sort of a, a comedy classic. Just every time there's a... It does, you know what? It may not be the best joke, but it's it's new. You know what I mean? So that's what we go for. Sometimes it's funny when it's very apparently obvious. Right. And sometimes it's just numbers. Like you wear... I remember I did a... I did a show in a casino and the people were there just because they were gambling and they, they weren't there to see the show. And I had to do a half hour. And one of my friends goes, it's like you like begrudgingly wore them down with jokes. It's like they didn't want to like you. They didn't want to laugh, but you just kept telling jokes. So eventually they kind of gave in and start, they got on your side instead of hating it. Which is an odd thing for an audience to do at a comedy show. Like, <laughs> like that's such an odd. I'm showing up not to have a good time, and they begrudgingly, okay, I, oh, okay, I'll chuckle. It's an, it's an odd thing. Hey, well, at least you got the chuckle. I mean, it could have just been like blank stares the whole time, but right, good for you. Just outright hatred is also it's <laughs> also a possibility. But uh, yeah, so okay, so what are what are we talking about this week? What's uh, what's on the schedule? Well, I did a deep dive because I wanted to do a, you know, something fun for the 25th episode. And I jumped into simulation theory and I went down a lot of rabbit holes and my brain got bent a few times going through those rabbit holes. So I thought we could talk about that. It, uh, are you familiar, either of you, too much with the, with the theory? I'm going to simulate I know what you're talking about. So I will say yes. And uh, Actually, I, I liked it the first time when it was called The Sims. Is that about right? Surprisingly, yes, Kirk. All right. See, there's truth in that joke. <laughs> um, so basically, th- simulation theory is the essentially idea that we are what we are experiencing as life right now is actually a simulation that's being done by uh, generations way ahead of us 
that have the technology available to simulate our lives as we are, see are them. we like rab like lab rats kind of thing or more like the, the truman show more like the matrix yeah kind of like the matrix but in the sense of like uh, going back to your sims joke like it would be as if our ancestors five generations down the road all have the technology to play the sims and we are the sims yeah it's it's real weird it's like they have a super com like super computer technology that can run this efficient of a simulation to where we don't actually like we think we're alive and living our lives but we're actually just a computer program like we've got people have got automated not just jobs but they've their <laughs> lives have been automated well and it kind of makes it suck when you put it that way because like I'm going to work and suffering for a computer program. Like, screw you, Sim. You can't even get mad at a boss. You're getting mad at, yeah, zeros and ones and computer programs. Takes some of the, you can't really punch it. Um, back in 2003, a professor came up with this simulation theory, essentially saying that, uh, Basically, they can't prove that we're not in a simulation, so there's a chance that we are a simulation, and people have come up with theories to support this over the years. It's been debunked a lot. A lot of the scientific community thinks that because it is technically unverifiable, that it's not really science, it's just more of a hokum theory. Uh, but but you also you also can't prove that we're descendants of unicorns either. You know what I mean? Go ahead and try it. <laughs> well, oh. and that's part of the the argument for the the simulation theory is like, okay, well, how do you know that we're not in a simulation right now? I mean, that's a kind of one of their arguments. How do you? Know there's not the city of Atlantis under the ocean. How do you know there's not uh, the Loch Ness monster? I don't know. It seems like it's in the same realm to me. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it'd be more realistic, or it is more, pro more probable that we're being scientifically observed by aliens. If I had to guess. Which is funny because one of their other selling points is saying that the fact that we haven't been greeted by aliens by now means that we're in a simulation. Like, they kind of have a, a theory for everything. So you like the, the 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 gerbil, the hamster you had in the cage didn't know that it was being manipulated. We don't know we're being watched by somebody else who's feeding us and keeping us alive. Yeah, basically a giant a computer from you know. I don't I don't poop on I don't poop on wood shavings, um, <laughs> and I don't drink out one of those bottles with the the little metal ball. So I think I just blew your theory right out of the water. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, it's kind of funny because they have, I I did this dive because I had started hearing about simulation theory from different places. And there's some top level people, like even uh, our friend Neil deGrasse Tyson, who hmm. doesn't dismiss it. Well, it's, 
it's hard to dismiss something that you can't prove is wrong. I mean, anything that is not scientific fact and is a scientific theory technically can still be proven wrong. Even though it's, you know, fundamentally there, all the science works, all the math works, until it becomes scientific fact, it can be wrong. Right. And so it's it's kind of crazy. Uh, if you went down the amount of diving that I did, you find out that. So we know that our world, as we see it, has a lot of laws and those laws are finite, like gravity uh, you know, Newton's law, relativity, all these speed of light, uh, the laws that we talk about a lot. One of the things they think is that because our laws are so finite, that they must be a computer program because, you know, the computer program has its boundaries and that's where it stops. So theoretically, that's why we're living in a simulation. Yeah. See, and that's. I can understand the reasoning behind that, but like I was just saying, those are only theories because that's as far as we can understand them. Every time they spin up the Hadron Collider or anything to that effect, our knowledge of the universe changes significantly. There was a video I watched by Veritasium not too long ago that kind of describes how it is technically impossible to measure the speed of light. So we don't even know what the speed of light actually is. Although well, it's sort of the Olympics just happened. And there was a thing about the, the four minute mile where they thought it was impossible and nobody could do it. But as soon as the first guy broke it, then everybody started to do it. So there is a, there is a valid point to, I think people, their perception only goes so far until they're proven otherwise. And then, you know, there's like a new, glass ceiling so to speak you know what i mean like the, the goalpost gets moved once they go okay that i've accepted that now we're ready for the next advancement well that makes sense yeah just look at the speed of light i mean back when trains were a thing politicians i think it was politicians i could be misremembering this but there was a general concern that women should not go on trains because they move too fast and they didn't know what would happen to them they and, thought their lady, their lady parts would somehow burst out and they couldn't yeah. uh, make babies. <laughs> huh. There is always this, this. How and, and we've throw, talk... how, wait, how, how are you going to throw mama from the train if you can't get mama on the train? That's my <laughs> point. Yeah, sorry. Go, go ahead, John. <laughs> but let's take the speed of light, for example. You know, once it was, uh, it was Einstein, right? Which one? What are we talking about? Speed of light. I, anyway. I know he's a theory of relativity. I yeah. Okay. Anyway, ever since the speed of light came into uh, existence, everyone has thought you can't go faster than the speed of light. Now they have theories that, yeah, no, Star Trek's right. You can go faster than the speed of light without going faster than the speed of light. We talked about this last week. But just if something like that were to be real, it breaks our laws of physics, just like uh, Einstein bridges are technically wormholes. Um, there's so much that we you're, don't. You're not going to be able to accomplish it in like our, your Camry. You know what I mean? Like you're going to need special equipment to do that. So I, 
right? I mean, just because you have, you figure out the technology, that doesn't mean everybody has it just because it's very finite amount because it's specialized. Yeah. Well, and one of the, <clears throat> one of the, uh, the biggest supporting factors of this theory, which we kind of touched on before the show, uh, was that they have this thing called the Mandela effect. And essentially it says that uh, Mandela, a lot of people when polled think that Nelson Mandela died in the eighties. And I asked you guys what you, when you thought he died and Kirk, I think said 2011. Well, he actually died in 2013. So one of their other theories is like people can remember things that or people are thinking things happened earlier than they actually did. And that's causing like, uh, you know, they're saying, oh, well, there's a failure in the simulation, which is giving people this ability to see. You know, it's like, it's like a virus. It's like a bug. Is there that's the people can't do this? Uh, something like that, just like a failure in the in the software or something. See, even Matrix brought this up with uh, Deja Vu. And I've had some pretty significant and lengthy Deja Vu moments myself, but. I just. A lot of this could be also brought upon by. Just general myth, not mythology, um, just rumors, folklore, you know, stuff that gets passed along. And it's going to be especially, I don't want to say more prevalent because I think it's actually going to be less prevalent. But as TV and media and circles go around, I would imagine that there was one tabloid article that said Nelson Mandela you know, died in prison in the 80s, and that's where that collective bit of knowledge ran from. Right, and it's it's always easier to make things fit into your theory than to make your theory fit ideas. Right, so, if, if, if experts don't know anything, and they, the scientists don't know, and I, I know more than anybody, then I trust my, my memory that's wrong over fact. So as I was going down this this rabbit hole of simulation theory, it actually did get me thinking about certain different aspects of simulation and what would happen if we were actually running a simulation in our lives right now. And I thought, and John, this one's kind of directed at you, but do you think that we could totally test this and just completely wreck the, if this is assuming we're in a simulation, what if everybody in the world just froze at, at the same time? Eh. The same can no. be said for, like, what if everyone jumped at the same time? Or Okay, well. It well, was... I am just... <laughs> well, okay, but let me give you time to think about this. Did, you said you did a deep dive. Did you know... Before it was called uh, the simulation theory, do you know the name before what it was called before that? 
Uh, hit me. It was called, it was actually known as the stimulation theory, but this, the theory has just been drinking. So, okay. So that now you have enough time to think about it, John. Now you give a thoughtful answer <laughs> while I sidetrack with that joke. Yeah, I... You're welcome. It, you have completely sidetracked me because I, I forgot what I was talking about. Well, the other, the other sidebar that I had was thinking about ways you could test simulation theory. Oh, oh go ahead. Oh, no, no. I, you just... I, I remember what we were talking about now. <laughs> Everybody, John's a little slow tonight, so we're going to give him a, give him some uh, slack, but... Uh, I was thinking about it and I said, okay, so we're living in a simulation and essentially this is just one giant computer software uh, that's running our lives, making us think that we're actually living in this life. Wouldn't you think that someone would have figured out a way to hack the system as quickly as we hack every system that's made? You would think someone would break it or find a cheat code. Red pill and the blue pill. Well, yes. I I mean Ke you Keanu Reeves peaked at Bill and Ted, so I haven't seen anything past that. So I don't know what you guys are talking about. This just everything about this to me just reeks Matrix. And there's partially, uh, you know, if anybody was the one who broke the system, I'm guessing it's Elon Musk. Not to mention the fact that Matrix came out in 99. I had to look that up because I wasn't 100%. And you cited that 2003. So I would be willing to bet that whoever came up with this, it was just a diehard Matrix fan. Just a Matrix nerd with glad. I, I have a theory! I have a theory about that. It's based on the movie, The Matrix. <laughs> that guy? Well, I mean... That happens a lot when these popular movies come out that kind of define a a new genre. You know, you have people that are just diehard, wish they were living that life. Oh, Star Wars, Star Trek, yeah, they they go all in. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, and The Matrix was a complete. I mean, I'm sure people had thought about that kind of, you know, uh, simulation stuff but it really brought a lot of different ideas to the mainstream well i i think that's why it draws a lot of interpretation from the matrix because the theory itself is based on the matrix um yeah it's just i i can see where it's going with i just there's a lot of other theories out there that, you know, it's hard to describe. To me, but, the, the, the Matrix was just heavily influenced by short circuit. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, when you break it down, it's all about robotics and automation. It's, it's, it's the, with, I, with no short circuit, no Matrix. Boom. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> I should have saved that one for right before we switch to our next topic it would have segued us yeah, yeah. perfectly what did i skip are we doing robots okay <laughs> no we will be but you, that's why he said you should have saved that for the uh segue but so and i'm 
I'm, I was going to say, John, I'm, I'm no way like buying into the simulation theory because I don't think it's real. But uh, there were so many implications. Like, I did like the simulation idea that it's relieving that 500 years from now, they have the technology available to run this kind of sim which is a little bit like uh, calming. You know, it's a little bit like you feel good that technology and, and civilization has progressed that far, you know, to where they can uh, make this happen if that were the case. I mean, it's it's not too far off of our own technology. I followed a lot of uh, people that were working on evolution simulations and uh i mean like kirk said the sims i don't know if you've played the sims 4 but it's well not necessarily a step up but it is is that is that the one where you can like beat your partner what i thought there was a sims where like they allowed you to like domestic abuse yeah like <laughs> domestic abuse well i mean in theory sims fight and can do stuff like that but i don't think like it's was, uh, super, a specific super Mario brothers yeah like the wife beater that was a different <laughs> different one yeah i don't think it was a specific feature of the sims um, or maybe maybe it was just that you could like lock someone in a burning room or oh like yeah, that. that's the people who play. Are we the still Sims. talking about a video? We're talking about a video game. We're not yes, talking yes, about yes. Right? Okay. Just, we are. Right. No. Just clarifying. People used to put Sims in pools and delete the ladders so they couldn't get out. Um. Wow, people are cold-hearted bastards. <laughs> yeah, you're. It's yeah. They must really hate Phil Sims. I never really knew. <laughs> hey, oh, come on, sports joke. Okay. But well, it's, oh, go know, ahead. It's, I was going to say it's an interesting it it's really kind of an interesting topic if you if you take a little time and you dive into some of the research that people are doing and and uh, a lot of it is crazy talk. I mean, you definitely got to filter through some Reddit posts before you get to some some real information, but uh it's got some it's got some grounding roots that I'm not saying it's real. I'm just saying it, it's flat earther adjacent. It's QAnon on adjacent. Is that, I mean, it's, eh. there's, there's some crossover in the Venn diagram. I don't know. I don't know that it goes that crazy, but it's, it's just an interesting perspective into the world. Well, I mean, the, one of the points I was going to bring up is there's a lot of different theories on, or I guess more philosophical. Ah, I completely botched that. Philosophical. Um, and I don't know how to pronounce this. So Lipsum, I think is probably close. Uh, it's the theory that you're the only person in the universe. Everything else is just a, a rendition of your imagination. Huh. Like a hallucination. Not, not not so much a hallucination, more of like 
your mind is the one that's creating the entire world. You are, you know, the center of it. You're the Truman Show. Yeah. Just, you know, more universal. Ah, that's an interesting theory. Like, I've never thought of it that way, but how amazing would that be if you were the one creating your own world? See, but that's where it gets tricky, because there's three of us here. Who's the real one? Yeah. Who's not? No, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> it's going to hurt my brain again. I don't want to. See, and that's that's something I kind of... I. I, I'm not, I'll admit it, but like for a while, you know how you always have those specific circumstances that, you know, it just always seems to work out and you don't know why. Yeah. That, that's kind of how I think I started thinking like that was, you know, there was just certain things that just kept going right that shouldn't have. Sometimes you're just in the zone, you know what I mean? Like just, you know what I mean? Like you're. You're, you're hitting your you're hitting your free throws. You're just everything is going right, and I don't know. It's like you're relaxed, you're confident, and you're just flowing, and then it'll go away. I, I think it's, it's sort of magical, like playing music or something. We're like, I don't know where that came from, but it sounded good. And John, that's a that is a very interesting uh, perspective, and it's a cool theory. But I really hope it's not true because I don't know why in the hell I would create my crappy job for myself if i was the ruler of my universe you must hate yourself Is it... something yikes but i mean that that's what i'm saying with these theories is there is a lot of them that are spread out well because if you i mean this whole thing got me thinking about like the theories of life and some people think that the uh you know they've I've, i hear a lot of podcast talking about how life is your life is just like you live it kind of like reincarnation you live it over and over and over again until you get it right oh good god that would suck <laughs> right but which is so the other the opposing theory to that is that you live your life over and over and over again and it never changes which one is worse well See, but in the in the grand scheme of things, if you go with the former, that you're you're living your life until you get it right, that would mean that this is the right one, because this is the one you're living. Because you don't remember the past ones, you don't remember the future one. You know, that's. Oh, and I still, no matter which theory I go into. No matter, so if it's the right one, I still have a crappy job. Yeah, huh. but <laughs> see that. So you're supposed to you're supposed to learn something, and, and then the next time you come back, you you'll have a less crappy job. That's the yeah, hope. but that would that would mean you would re have remembered your your past one runs. So you're, right. it's not it's not like a choose your own adventure book. Like if you go through and then you die, you can, the next time you can just choose the other one. You no, say you don't you don't remember. The idea is is that you keep reliving your life until you get it right, meaning that you get it to the point where it's supposed to be. Which... So theoretically, what John's saying is you would remember your past because you wouldn't make the same mistake twice. Kind of. 
that theory would work if we remembered the past ones. But since I don't have any memory of, you know, living countless other lives, it would be argued that this would be the one that was right. And again, that Ooh. kind of bounces back to that. You're the, you know, you're the sole person of your, this universe because and that would explain a little more of the deja vu. Just saying. Well, yeah, but it would also mean that, you know, if you're, you're just on repeat that, this one is the the one that sticks, theoretically. I mean, you could just start all over from scratch, but the fact that you don't remember anything, but you're remembering this one, see, it gets it gets tough. This is like an episode of The Good Place. Did you guys see The Good Place? This is exactly that's weird. The one with Ted Danson. I, yeah, it's it's a show I want to watch. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. It's worth it. You know what? So my friend talked me into it. It's I uh, I recommend it. It's it's worth checking out. Ted Dances is always funny. <laughs> well, and it's kind of like, I mean, you know, we've jumped from simulation theory to other theories, but I mean, granted, there's no really good way to know for sure what our purpose for life is and how we got here. 42. I mean, we, we can, huh? I said 42 purpose of life hitchhiker's guide to the oh. yes. yep. but, but i'm just saying that there's so many different theories that you can look into and no one will ever know well we may eventually know but we don't know yet and we could bounce i mean you can say whatever theory you want you know you could say that we're all possessed by crab people well I mean, that's a possibility. Yeah. I mean, I, it's not a good I, possibility. I, I do like lying in warm butter. So <laughs> I may have finally, thank you. That explains a lot. But see this, this whole thing kind of, that's kind of why philosophy, religion, all that stuff kind of just, it, it's a whole can of worms to open up and get into that. I know, like I I don't want to open up those cans because they hurt well, my head. And see, that's that's. I don't know if I'll if we'll save this for a different uh, topic, but I've seen stuff that I can't explain. And as Chris knows, I am more or less logical when it comes to certain things. Your feet, your feet are on the ground. You're not. Uh, yeah. You're not a hippy dippy into crystals and ooh hey. No, Chris knows. Station well, two in Fountain. And that place was haunted as shit. And I've I've certainly had scenarios. Like I could give you a quick story. When I was in high school, I don't I don't know if you remember this, but there was there was one night I was like I was so sick. I don't even know what it was, but I mean I was I was out, like down for the count, sweating sleeping like i went to get a glass of water and i couldn't even lift the cup i was so weak and uh during that like fever dream i had like two things or three things before i remember falling asleep i said i want this to happen tomorrow i want this to happen tomorrow and i want this to happen tomorrow 
all three things happened that very next day. How do you explain that? Well, how do you explain well, a medic bag that was sitting on a catwalk just falling to the ground? Same, same. You know what I mean? Like, there's certainly things in this world that we can't explain. And I don't try and think about it because there's no explanation for it. So it's that's kind of what we're talking about, though, is sometimes things happen and you go three things. Hmm. What were the three? Th I mean, they were like, I'm, you know what? I'm going to go to the grocery store tomorrow. I'm going to poop my pants. and I'm going to do this. That I mean, you could have been. Yes, you could you could make all those things happen without something mystical happening. Well, so uh, I remember two of the three. One was, um, and we're talking about my little fever dream thing, is I had a, uh, the first one was I needed an extension on a scholarship essay because I, I was so sick I couldn't finish it up. So I was like, well... Maybe they'll give me an extension on my essay so that I can finish it and turn it in. And then the second was I wanted a girl who I hadn't talked to in like a month to ask me to prom. And both those things happened. Both of those things happened. Hmm. So the essay thing, you could say like, eh, that happens all the time. But Do you think the girl asking to prom, like... This, the the make a wish people just jumped the gun <laughs> yeah. really severely. You were so they they the, this kid's sick. We thought he was dying, so we kind of made this girl say yes to go on a, to prom with him. But then he pulled through, and she's like, "Okay, I'll I'll I've already committed. I'll do it anyway. I got the dress." <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm just saying those things happened, and I was shocked when they did because you know in my fever dream I'm thinking like this is never going to happen and it did so what can I say that girl so, transitioned nicely to no I was kidding okay. see <laughs> now would be a good well it wouldn't but <laughs> the transitions to robots would be here yes we can change. I mean, I had a lot of fun digging into this simulations, simulation theory. And it's something that we can explore further in other episodes because there's so many different theories we could look at. But it was fun. Uh, it was thought-provoking and might be something that people would be interested in looking into just for a different perspective on the world, even if it's not true. Right. So now we're we're switching to robots. What's the what's what's going on with robots? Elon Musk is making one. He is currently doing the robot. Yes. Right. So he's at a wedding. He's just. He's just <laughs> I, I don't really think this is news breaking. He's cutting a <laughs> oh. he's cutting a jig right. You know, it was an open bar, and he had a couple of drinks. He's feeling good. He's doing a, the robot. Okay, it's not newsworthy. Or it's something else. Yeah, so on Friday they had an AI conference, or I don't know what they call it now. It's like every big event is just like this showcase. Do they ever call it an EIEIO? <laughs> no, that's I'm sorry. That's I like sh I like shindig. Shindig is always fun. Yes. <laughs> is that the next one? Could the scientist dosey do? That would just lighten <laughs> things up. It would help me understand better. I mean, we used to do hoedowns, but now it's politically incorrect, so. 
Right. It's uh, it's offensive. <laughs> anyway, John, continue. So from what I gathered is that they are making these robots that are very humanoid-esque to do mundane tasks that essentially more automation to replace people. The caveat being that Elon said you can definitely outrun these and you can probably overpower them. So they're just more, uh, I'm picturing more of like a cubicle robot just doing brain dead stuff, repetitive computer stuff, like not physical work. No, no, no. It's more like lifting. Um, oh, like working in a warehouse and moving boxes. Yes. Stuff? Yes. Just in a more humanoid fashion than Boston Dynamics, like, specifically designed one to move packages around. So so every seven minutes, the robots will stop and complain about their kids. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no. So, Kirk, what's interesting about this, and John, we didn't talk about this, but I was listening to Rogan the other day, and I heard Lex Friedman talking, and he does a lot of work with Boston Dynamics. And he was trying to do like a study about the human interaction and robots. And I guess based off of what he said, Boston Dynamics was like, no, we don't want, we want nothing to do with that. We don't want any kind of like human feelings or like robots are designed to do a job. And that is it. Electric well, stapler doesn't have to have feelings. That's okay. I'm okay with that. It can just staple. And that's evident in their robots, yet their Atlas robots are still very humanoid. Even Spot is very animal. You agree. Creepy but dog, that, but still. But, it, well... Anyway. I was going to make a joke about the dog you created last week. I I was going to do the same thing. (laughs) Uh, We're on the same page, but it still makes me wonder. And the only reason that I thought about that was because you referred to those as humanoid robots. What's the point of making them humanoid if you're not going to give them human emotions? It's in our title. To overthrow the point that robots are better. That's why they're replacing humans. So why make robots as close to humans as possible? They're the things you're replacing. It's not necessarily better. It's that they're cheaper. And they well, don't. So that, have... That's better for business because they they don't yeah. need breaks. They can just keep going. And they don't eat food. They only take electricity. They don't they, talk back. They don't have maternity leave. They don't have offspring. There's a lot of bonuses for robots. Yeah. We so just what suck. You, what were you saying? <laughs> What were you saying, John, that it's in our title? Is that what you said? Yeah, to, to overthrow humanity. Oh. <laughs> That's why I put isn't, robot overlords. Isn't the whole point of robots that they're supposed to be docile to humans? Like, isn't that like Isimov's fifth law or whatever, first law? It's, the, it's yeah, the five laws of robotics. Um, Well, no, no, no. So that was when he wrote those... Uh, I don't remember if they were books or uh, short stories. It was the concept he put into robots to make sure, you know, it was the the five rules to make sure that robots never hurt 
humans, which obviously didn't work because they still tried to kill people. But it was the core principle of, you know, if all five of these things were true, robots would never harm humans. Like making pinky swear? What? <laughs> So what, what 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 are the do you know the five rules? I'm just curious, like or at least one. Oh, I, I was gonna pull them up here real quick. I was just gonna do the same thing because it's it's uh so it's a robot may not injure a human being or through inaction allow a human being to come to harm. Second one is a robot must obey the orders given to it given it by humans, except where such orders would conflict with the first law. Tell that to my Alexa. Sorry, not the five laws. It was the three laws. And the third law is a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not cl- conflict with the first or second laws. All right. My, my Roomba has been looking funny at me, so I think it's, <laughs> it's starting shit. So I think it's going rogue. Well, you should stop kicking it, Kirk. It's coming at me. I, <laughs> I got to defend myself. I'm, I'm not, either my Roomba thinks I'm a piece of garbage, which I don't appreciate. <laughs> I don't appreciate that Roomba. <laughs> I forgot my other point, but no, I'm, just, I'm, I'm you know what? Me and my Roomba are in a, a, a blood feud right now. It's exactly like Game of Thrones, but it's with lint. <laughs> It'll come back around, Kirk. Just give it time. Okay, all right. You know, we're we're going through some uh, couples counseling. We'll see what I can do. The main thing I found funny about Elon's little presentation was that – I don't know if you remember, but a little while ago he was going on and on about the dangers of artificial intelligence. Yeah, and, it, was a big, it was a big thing I saw on the internet today that was like – he was over there saying that uh, AI will destroy the world. And now it's – you know he's developing it. In fairness, he's developing a lot of stuff that it could potentially destroy the world, but he is Morpheus right now. Well, hopefully he'll program his not to destroy the world. Is he at least saying that to try to comfort us? Well, that's why he said you could outrun him and probably overpower him. It's like just unplug him. You know what I mean? Well, like their their batteries will die eventually. Just don't charge him like your phone. See, that's <sighs> Well, that's theoretically, where... theoretically, an EMP would take out all the robots. So, eh, probably. But granted, it's going to take out everything, which kind of sucks. But so, the thing is, is Boston Dynamics has their no humanoid, pure function aspect. It's still going to end up kind of looking humanoid esque because they're they're working on the Atlas, which is the bipedal robot. And anything bipedal is, in theory, going to at least somewhat resemble humans. Elon is making a, essentially the iRobot of robots, or the Apple of robots, to do mundane tasks. I don't know where I'm going with this point. I, I guess it's just... Although both... mundane, mundane tasks like hosting Fuse Relativity podcast. Yeah. Are, are you saying <laughs> in the next episode, like twenty eight, you're going to be a robot? Is that what, put a little what robot filter on? No, but it's holy crap, John. That's what I'm. I I had that idea to work on that. What the hell? <laughs> that was Kirk. Um, 
But uh, help me out here. Help you out. Well, the idea that robots will take us over, I don't think is no. It's, pl- it's not plausible. The the thought, the fact that uh, just what I was telling Kirk about it earlier in the week with AI and self driving vehicles. Uh, uh, Musk is looking at uh, getting his autopilots to level five. What do they call that? Level five autonomy. And most people who, you know, uh, experts in the field say that self-driving cars will never have level five autonomy. And my guess is that robots will never achieve that as well. So they won't have the desire to take over the world. No, so there'll no. be there'll be some variables that will always be able to jump away for you know yeah there's some things they just the robot will not be be able to foresee and predict and then that will be the well, stumbling block. The the whole concept of robots taking over the earth is based on the principle that a the robots are intelligent enough to alter their own programming, which is likely to never happen. B that they would be not unless that sick sob who programmed the uh uh opportunity rover to he might oh. get in there things up a depressing guy yeah. <laughs> yeah you know what unless the robots get a lot like they get enough money to have lobbyists i'm right they're not gonna they're not gonna go anywhere now, to that point, John, could I see robots in every home in America? Yes, I could totally see that. See, will they take? Will they take over? No, no, and I, I would agree entirely. What? A, we're kind of going back to Star Wars, but Star Wars took robots to a practical level. Like you have astromechs and all this other stuff that were designed to do specific tasks. And technically, we have those now with the Roombas and stuff like that. But we don't have one that can do, you know, I can't tell a Roomba to go get me a beer. Dude, that'd be sweet. But it's just robots. The biggest concern we have is robots taking uh, jobs. Yep, all our jobs. Not all of them. It's just (laughs) they're going to be... They're going to take the They can have a lot of them. A lot of them suck. Good (laughs) riddance. If you look at if Tesla is successful with this robot and it can do mundane tasks with a precision and degree, and it – why not put them in as a, you know, fry or have a fleet of them in a McDonald's prepping all the food? Well, and to that point, I mean – for someone who's fighting against the automation of most jobs, you could theoretically boost your uh, pro- not profit margin, but you know your efficiency and your lack of error because a robot's going to do things exactly how it's programmed to do it each and every time. Where with a human, you have fatigue, error. Uh, you know your cat Emotion. died. Yeah, emotion. They're going to get bored and leave, and then you're going to have to retrain a new person because it's a monotonous, boring, horrible job. That, I think that's that's the most important. Like it's it seems to be the retraining of people 
is where if, if, if employees can get somebody who will stay and they don't, they can just count on you. So that's why like robots would be way better just because there's, I think there's certain jobs where you can only stand it for a certain time. Yeah. But any person who like, this is a horrible, I got to go. Money talks though. Uh, And if we're going to go down that route, like if some of these boring monotonous jobs paid more than the high, not necessarily the skilled jobs, it would make it worth it. But right now, most of the the boring, menial jobs are marketed towards teenagers. Well, they were, but now it's 29-year-olds that have two kids. Yeah, but they pay piss poor. Yeah, and it's... And And they're not worth sticking around for. There's no, like, oh, I can work my way up the ladder to maybe make $9 an hour or, you know, whatever it is. It's just, yeah, there's just, like, you you stay with it till you hack it, and then you're like, all right, screw this. Got to go find another job. Yeah, it's just this is like a huge rabbit hole that we could probably discuss for like another hour. So I, I'll, well, I'll I... keep it short. But and that's going to be the I think the biggest factor with robots in the jobs is and we're already seeing it. A lot of people don't want to go back to work working at, you know, restaurants or stores or anywhere that's doing menial tasks for practically no money. Right. There, there's just no incentive. You know, before there was, you know, well, I need a job, so I have to do it. And they never had a break. So they never knew any different. You know yeah. what I mean? If you're on the, if you're on the rat wheel and just, just going, 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 but you have like this pandemic where you have a chance to like reflect and go, wow, that was, that was shitty. I don't like doing that at all. Well, and, I Chris can probably attest to this. What was better, your 12 weeks with your newborn or going back to work? Yeah, I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> I'm still pissed. I just got my 15 years of service in, and all they gave me was like a piece of paper that said, thank you for 15 years of service. And so I'm a little bit bummed out right now. And so, yeah certificate or i mean like a gift card a little extra money just a piece of paper yeah piece of paper they were like hey woo you made it to 15 years thank goodness you're a billion dollar corporation way to spread it around nice going you look forward to the next 20 (laughs) yeah let's see how long you make it sucker we'll think about giving you a gold watch that's what we'll tell you. Yeah, if you make it another twenty. Yeah, I've we got, thought about getting your gold watch, but we didn't. But it was close. I've got twenty-eight left myself, so that's you know not depressing in and of itself. Well, you don't. You know that's the beauty of robots, right? They're not going to care if they work at a company for fifteen years and all they get's a stupid plaque. You know, it's like. I mean, I understand the draw to robotics. I'm still fighting automation, but I'm a, you know, I'm I'm not totally in denial. There's a lot of places that robots could help out in the business community, uh, you know, taking jobs that people really don't want to do. But you titled... Don't you think don't you think robots would you just put a magnet on them instead of a plaque or a badge? <laughs> just kind of like they'll... I think they call that flare. Uh, yeah, exactly. The robots have flair. Just uh... they might start uh, singing folk songs. 
Right. Get a jean jacket and get an acoustic guitar, and then yeah, they'll start. They'll form a union. All right. Sorry, so that, that for the robots. <laughs> that was a joke but, from Futurama. Yes. And then uh, I was my joke was Office Space, so we're you know I know. Oh, Office joke. Space is great. So since we're talking about it, I don't know how to. If my point, jobs... my point. No, hold on. My point was this, John. You titled the second half of this episode Robot Overlords. Yes. And I don't see that being an issue. No, it was a joke. That's why okay. I said it was a joke. All right. I, well, I, I just we, thought it fit with Elon <laughs> making we... an AI chip and robots. Well, now think about it this way, just because you said that. If you had Neuralink and everyone in America had Neuralink, and now you can communicate with the robots. Okay, things start to get a little dicey. But until then, it's probably cool. Well, he's going to probably put the neural link in a pig again and have it talk to the robots. Which would, in theory, even be a more scary scenario if the pigs controlled the robots and took over the world. You'd be the huh. bacon. Then the robots <laughs> would just start eating a bunch of all the like in, in Texas the the pigs that are just destroying all the plants. You just have robots doing it. it doesn't no, he's he's saying that the pigs control the robots and then the pigs take over the world and get their revenge for all the bacon that we've eaten. Yeah, in our lives. Well, but they're also pigs. So they would also go, you know, go root around and destroy stuff too. I imagine they'd have they would just split them up. You have. Uh, but in my in my head, Kirk, there's like one really big fat pig with like a king's crown on, and he's like, "You guys thought bacon was good." This is exactly like Animal Farm, that uh, <laughs> that great book. Yes, yeah. it's exactly what happened. Read, read, read that book, kids. Animal Farm. <laughs> Pick up your local library. Anyway, John, last thoughts. Round that out. Well. So I I was reading, not read. Well, I was reading a comment that said, you know, a lot of people that are against automation and, you know, think that it will crush humanity and yada yada yada, and there'll be no jobs. Also, watch Star Trek. And the thing about Star Trek is there are no jobs in that society because everything has been replaced by automation. Like you have replicators that bring up food and whatever you need, clothes, all of that. So, in in yeah, a sense, but there was still ship pilots, and there was. Still but that's like... that was science, and how everything went from you know a job focused way of life, where you know jobs were the definition of life. You had to have a job in order to you know progress through life. Then it switches to science. Like if it was, if the world was completely automated right now, you and Kirk would both are both on the the side that humans would become lazy and yada yada yada. I, on the other hand, think it would push a bigger leap into science because we don't would use the free time that they now have to expand science. Well, think of it this way. Science is the most underfunded part of any government in the world. Even NASA has, you know, a microscopic budget compared to, say, the military. 
And that's just NASA. That's not any other aspect of science. Science right now is generally just for profit. And on the, and, the and it seems like in military stuff, anything you know, drones or better bombs or better electronics to do stuff like that's that's where it seems like the money goes. Well, yeah, and again, yeah. that's that's all military. You know, well, military and the, the the few aspects that do come out of it, like Velcro or duct tape or all that stuff, were developed for you know specific stuff like space. When you get rid of the fact that you need money in order to do science the push for science would be much more. People with the ideas of, hey, I have this idea, maybe I should, you know, work on it, would be able to actually work on it instead of well, pushing it to the side and saying, oh, I'll get to it one day. My only argument with that, John, and I'm not totally against what you're saying because if I had all the free time in the world, there's a lot of stuff that I would work on that I'm currently not working on because I don't have time to do it. But there's a lot of people in this world who would literally do nothing. And they would and still find ways to do crack and drink a lot. And really I'm not disagreeing with you. But they're also doing that right now. Nothing's well, stopping them from doing that right now other than the fact that you know, they have to get the money to do that stuff. Well, hopefully when they uh, capture and somehow figure out how to inherit this comet that's made completely of iron that's worth like four quadrillion dollars, that well, they will send a lot of that money. I think the, the theory was if they could harvest the comet, or asteroid that's worth 10 times the world's GDP that everyone in the world would get like $2 billion. Oh, come on. Bullshit. It's going to go to the same four rich fucks. Yeah. And that's exactly it. That it has, (laughs) it's not going to trickle down to nobody. See that in Chris, er, the scenario that Chris described would be if NASA was the one to go up and get the minerals and it would have been gotten all by the government. That's not going to happen. Because some private company will pay Elon. for the... I, see, and that's where that doesn't really... I know. I was making a joke. I know. But, well, and but just, just look at Mars. I'm... Oh, go ahead, Chris. I was just saying that theoretically something like that has been posed as possible. Where people... You know, they could literally give the whole world like two billion dollars. Yeah, but then a soda is going to cost you a hundred million. Well, yes, they would. Some, you know, all the corporations would figure out how to profit off that. But if everybody had two billion dollars, it would be worthless. You would, yes, but you could theoretically. You see where I'm going with well, this. Well, I do. I see where you're going with it. The problem is, in reality, the problem is corporations. Because there will be some corporation that goes up, claims it, and takes all the profit for themselves. And in doing so, tanks the economy. Because if we had that much iron that was being brought in from an asteroid, or gold, or you know 
any precious element, which is found throughout the galaxy, it would completely tank the economy when it was brought back. Like, you have that much money. That's more money than is currently in circulation in the world. Correct. You can't bring that into the world's economy and say, oh, yeah, everything's going to be fine. Everything will tank. Well, yeah, and everything, like you said, because I agree with you, everything would just cost $100 million. It would be inflation times infinity, but I was just using that as a reason to say that theoretically we could eventually have no need for money because everybody has enough money to where then you could focus on science and and people could just do what they do. I see what you're saying. And my only other caveat to, to answer your question of what would what would the people that, you know, aren't interested in science do? I mean, there's tons. There's arts, entertainment, you know, exploration. If Elon's plans on going and setting up a colony on Mars, it's going to take millions of people. Well, and theoretically, those people wouldn't care about money. Because what's there to care about money in a society where there's no money? money. See, and that's why I'm kind of personally interested in what happens on Mars. Because there is very... I knew it. What? You're a Martian? (laughs) But there will be very... There will be no money. And it will be kind of a... Not, I don't want to say socialist or whatever state, but it's going to be a community-driven society, much like early civilization, back well, before money and stuff. It will quickly descend into some sort of, you know, hierarchy. We, we we have, starting as more of a commune, kind of pilgrims, kind of working yeah. together, uh, and, agriculture system. And we have to clarify, because this is something that we could potentially talk about in depth on another episode but uh even though yes theoretically there would be a commune and everything would run relatively smoothly these are all technically initially professionals you know scientists and astronauts that are going to go up it's not going to be your average joe schmo ah not necessarily i don't think you know, the physicists and all of that are going to be the ones down in tunnels breaking rocks or welding sheets of metal together. Yeah, but there's going to be some vetting going on to get someone to go to Mars. I mean, you're not going to take someone up six months on a Mars mission to have them ruin the whole thing. Yeah, but if you're sending thousands, it's hard to... I'm not saying they won't be vetted. I'm just saying if you're sending thousands... It's going to be a lot more of a diverse population than if you were sending 20. Well, and it's, it seems like the if you have less to lose, you're more willing to take a gamble on this risky Mars thing. I mean, people that have, a, you know, a yacht and, a, you know, a, you know, several houses all over the world, they don't go to Mars. They're doing fine here. But, the you know, people that are struggling, they're like, no, oh, it's it can't get much worse. So let's let's roll the dice. It's, maybe it'll be better. Well, I mean, just think about it. Even if you were $100,000 in debt and you said, fuck it, I'm going to Mars, how are they going to get you back? 
That money. Right. The, the creditor would really have to be a dick to track you down to Mars. <laughs> well, and it's not like that's we've talked about it before, but they're actually offering a loan program or potentially going to offer a loan program to go to Mars where, you know, you sign the dot saying you're going to be a, a, an upstanding citizen and they ship you to Mars free of charge. Well, it sounds like an indentured servant kind of thing. I mean, well, it's, it's like you just kind of sign your life away to you, you promise to work. If you're going to Mars, I mean, there, there's no other choice. I would assume if you start freeloading or, or starting shit, they just throw you out an airlock. They just have vigilante justice. They don't tar and feather you. They just, they just throw you out into space. I mean, what else are they going to do? I, I mean, that's... That's what's going to be extremely interesting about Mars is you have limited food, limited water, limited air, limited everything. And if you have someone that, you know, commits a capital crime like murder or something like that, there's not going to be a, oh, well, he should be rehabilitated. It's going to be you're wasting food and water. Goodbye. So many people have become so selfish and so cut off from any form of community. I don't think the all for one argument would work. Like in World War II, they banded together and because they had an enemy to fight. Today, people hate each other. I really don't, I don't know if this is negative, but I really don't see people going, oh, it's for the good of the people. I'll go along with that idea. I don't know if those people are around anymore. It oh, seems they like are. they're too selfish. Yeah, no. if, if they were on Mars, Kirk, and, and the mission was to colonize Mars, I'm Survive. That, yeah, ninety-eight percent of the people are going to successfully assimilate into that society. There's yeah. going to be two percent. A small of people. sliver of, of people yeah. that will do grunt grunt work to help establish it, but also for the greater good and for other. Gen- I don't know. I think that's a that's a that's a tightrope you're walking to find that person who's willing eh. to do that. Well, I think anyone that's willing to go to Mars is already. No, that was... that's going to be the the mentality. But they, they, they're they're in debt. They're not going. It's not going well on Earth. They have nothing to lose. So it's like going there is better. But there's really they know they're not. There's no. They know they're not going to ship them back three months if they don't screw if they screw around or something. I don't yeah, know. But, I, I don't know. I I, 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 think, I agree to disagree on this one. I think the difference, Kirk, that you're looking at here, is that. On Earth, it's one thing, but on Mars, it's another. If you mess up on Mars, you're dead. So, well, and if you if you screw up and you kill the whole colony, there's no coming back. I, people oh. are people. People won't get vaccinated. People don't think climate change is real. People don't. I, you know, they don't. They don't. It's uh, people are people. It's human nature. I disagree. I just think that the the amount of people that are willing to do the community work are going to far outnumber the ones that don't. And if the ones that don't don't help out, it's going to be a simple thing of, Hey, you didn't pull your duty. You're not getting to eat until you do. And it's going to be a, if the person was trying to just freeload to get up to Mars to, to live a better life, that's not what's going to happen. They're going to get there and they're either going to work or they're going to find themselves, you know, 
potentially bringing on a new wave of Martian aliens by fertilizing the ground. It's going to be Martian law. Uh-huh. It's, it's a Marshall. It's close. <laughs> All right, Kirk. Well, on that note, we're we, uh, we're uh, we're running a little long. Let's uh, let's jump over to your corner and see what you got going on this week, John. That's a great conversation. Let's table it for a future episode because I do think there's a lot that we can vet out there. But Kirk, uh, there's a demonic dog. Yeah, I haven't changed anything. Like I said, yeah, I look, was... it looks the same. It's okay. Yeah, you're tired. It's all right. <laughs> No, and like still the the opening credits from three weeks ago is still you can coast on that for another week or so. And and John, I still think that vase looks like Obelix. I, it absolutely does. I I have no idea what you're talking about, but that's okay. You guys do. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I what you know what I talked about? I saw a movie, and uh, have you guys seen the uh, Boss Baby? Have you seen that movie? The preview for that? Yes. Okay, so what I actually, if you didn't know this, the boss, because it was a sequel, it's become so popular that they're going to be a TV show. And it's, uh, I actually watched Undercover Boss Baby. And uh, I honestly couldn't believe the workers couldn't tell. It was a freaking baby. How, how do you not realize there's an eight month old babbling? Oh, that's my boss. It's just, you know what? If you mark detail oriented, I hope you didn't because you're not. Um, but speaking of babies, I was uh, actually, I was making a baby laugh so hard. I was killing this baby. I was destroying this. Here's how much I was making this baby laugh. This baby handed me his own nose. That's, <laughs> that's, he's like, you, sir, you, sir, have earned this. <laughs> you, I, you've caused me to soil myself more than usual. So well, well done, old chap. Um. And then, so we're talking, talking babies. Um, I, I went to Walgreens. This, this will all tie in. I went to Walgreens and I think because of the COVID, I think I've forgotten how to talk to people. Like I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm rusty. I'm not sure if you guys can relate to that, but just you've been quarantined and then you're trying, I feel like I'm trying to get back in society. Well, so I went to Walgreens, which by the way, once I was driving by Walgreens in the, in the night and the W was out and it was Al Greens, which was hilarious as a sexy store. But anyway, so I was at, Walgreens and I was uh I was buying buying something and the lady goes she goes you know do you want a plastic bag and I go and I just once again this is me quarantine trying to make her laugh I go you know what to be honest I have enough uh plastic bags at home to kill an army of babies and um yeah so that came out of my face and then in the back instantly what the hell are you saying why did you why did you say this to this middle-aged lady with glasses and then I actually started to picture, go with me on this, picture an army of babies coming at you. They have camouflage helmets. They have white diapers. They're just coming at you. And then, you know, you're just handing out plastic bags. Like, there's one for you. There's one for you. Gucci, Gucci, Gucci. You're so cute. But seriously, you know, John, the main problem with baby soldiers is when they come back from war, there's no jobs for them. <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> the illiteracy rate, among baby soldiers, it's through the roof, okay? Because <laughs> they come back disillusioned. They're like, why were we in Afghanistan? You know, the worst part was they didn't even get their security deposit back. You know, who knew it would have been so complicated? But anyway, <laughs> but they just come back back from the war, depressed, staring up at their mobile. Their mobile is just opioids and syringes. 
You know what I mean? They're hooked on that and they're just totally disillusioned. Um, so that was, that was baby soldiers. That was a joke. That was one of the, that was one of, it's the 25th anniversary. It's their 25th show. That was Chris's favorite joke. So I, I really tried to stack it heavy with baby friendly stuff before I got to the killing them with plastic bags. Cause you really got to make you like me to get away with that. Yes. Yes. That is one of, uh, for everybody listening, that is one of Kirk's, uh, you can check him out on YouTube. Kirk Buckout. That is one of his best bits that he does have. John didn't laugh. I don't know why but ah i'm here uh, just muted okay he's muted all right that's why he did not laugh um anyway yes check kirk out on youtube because that is one of his bits and it's hilarious and my twitter i just passed uh i think 4300 jokes so if you like jokes follow me on twitter if they they come about i don't know 10 10 a day maybe five on a bad day but uh if you like silly jokes, um, go there. I'm not. I'm. It's nothing hateful, political bullshit. It's it's mainly silly, goofy stuff. So the reason why I was muted, Kirk. I'm going to show you Obelix. Oh, that's funny because I totally text him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I have it up on uh, on on. He look. He looks like a strong man or something. Does he work at a? He's like a circus. What is this guy's job? Ah, this was an old uh, comic strip from, and they made some cartoon movies out of it. But he, they were like in the uh, Egyptian, uh, Gaul. Oh, Gaul Empire, and uh, yes, he does, was the strong man. Does he have dumbbells in his goatee? That's how much of a strong man he is. Even his yes. facial hair is working out. <laughs> I I think it was Bose, but. Uh, you can see how that vase resembles. I could see it now. Yes, yeah, I had no idea what you. Yes, I can. I can see where you would. Yes, <laughs> blue and white stripes for sure. Yes, it was good. But uh, yes, Kirk, I uh, I was very happy, and I think that uh, you should sprinkle some of those comedy stand-up sets into your Kirk's corner every a little bit more often because i enjoy them a lot okay yeah every once in a while they do it's you know some of the some of the new jokes come in and then sometimes i go old school with some old bits but uh yeah i'll try to i'll try to mix it up and do some uh some old old stand-up stuff from the early 2000s wow how about how about this kirk i will on the 25th episode one of these weeks coming up i don't know how long it'll be I will take over Kirk's corner and I will throw out a comedy bit of my own. How about that? Oh, that'll be you entertaining. Would, uh, you, you'll guest host Kirk's corner base. Okay. I will guest host Kirk's corner and I'll throw out my own three or four minute comedy bit and uh, we'll see how it goes. I need I, to know I, beforehand. So, <laughs> so you can mute his mic. Is that your thing? <laughs> oh, I've got an idea. Okay, so if you're down with that, Kirk, I will come up. I will because I told you. I mean, I'm into comedy. I love it, and uh, how I will come up with my own little set, and we'll see how I compare to the great Kirk Buckout. All right. Yes. I. You know what? It's uh. Stay tuned, everybody. 
be Chris's first stand-up set, but it'll be sitting down and it'll be a podcast. But it's close enough. <laughs> He's telling jokes. I'm really. Ho- I bet you John will give me a glass of water. Oh, if you son of a bitch! I <laughs> doubt that. Yeah. I <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That'll be the 50th anniversary. If we make when we make it to 50 shows, there'll be a glass of water, and I'll be get, be all choked up and just tear up. Nah, you won't have any tears because you've been so dehydrated for this long. I want to. You know what? I'll. You can. <laughs> I'll. It'll. I'll. I'll try. I put a for effort drinks in there, not water, but you know drinks. Yeah, you you put a coke and a Monster Energy drink, two things that will dehydrate him more. <laughs> there was also milk, <laughs> a vase of and, flower water, that too. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that, oh, whole milk. Ah, oh, that's refreshing. Glug glug <laughs> glug. Well, so. Uh, Kirk, we'll let you go uh, since you came in and I liked your bit. Let's see you uh, take it off with some off-topic here while we round out the show. Okay. my This off-topic, it was a story uh, about a walrus. There was a walrus off the coast of Ireland who he's been pulling himself up on boats to rest. And you guys, a walrus is a big, heavy... So he's a, And they've named him Wally, Wally the walrus. He, and he's actually sunk two boats in this bay just trying to pull himself up so the hilarious part their solution is what they're going to do is um to stop him from sinking these boats officials have secured a three-sided pontoon boat for wally to use as a floating couch so that's their it's not you know hey an animal's doing something we're going to kill him we're going to give him a comfy couch um I just feel bad for the owners that had two of their, their boats sunk because they both had insurance, but they're not being reimbursed because they weren't covered by walrus attack um, or <laughs> active, active walrus with the other one. I, was, I wasn't sure which one was funnier, active walrus or walrus attack, either way. But uh, they're not getting it back. Just Wally is grateful for the couch, and he's asked if he could also get a TV and a beer. So that's that's what's happening in Ireland. There's... Trouble with the world, and they're trying to figure out how to make a, a walrus more comfy, giving him a couch. Sounds about right. <laughs> it's funny. I was just thinking as you were throwing out that off topic. Uh, it, it's amazing how many of our off topics go to animals. And I don't know if that's just the news feed that we get. or I'm guessing it is, it's but... Kirk's news feed. <laughs> It seems to be like on the. There's also a lot. There's a lot of lottery ticket stories that I just ignore. But there's some 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 guy won the lottery and then two weeks later he won it again. Or he, it's I don't know for some reason it's animals and lottery tickets is what people find weird. All right. Well, and I laugh because my off topic was in the same vein of animals, but mine went the other way. So, in. They shot, they shot a walrus? <laughs> <laughs> no. So okay. in, in Indiana, they have black vultures, which apparently is just a vulture that doesn't have a red head like the vulture you think of when you think of vulture. Mm-hmm. And the farmers have been like really, really irritated by these black vultures because 
they apparently are more aggressive and they don't wait for things to die before they try and eat them. So they uh, are killing like cows and calves and uh, any kind of animals on the farm. They're like grouping up and killing these animals so that they can eat. And it's kind of tough for the farmers because the birds are actually protected by the federal migratory bird policy that says you can't hunt migratory birds. And so they literally have no recourse to deal with these birds. And some farmers have lost, I think one guy had lost like four animals in one month to these uh, black vultures. And so now they're trying to get a um, variance pass so that they can kill all the vultures that come on their property. Because the vultures know, if they know they're not, they're just with impunity, just eating stuff and no one's screwing with them. They, It's just like the geese around Colorado. Like they know they're protected and they just march across traffic and they're dicks. Like if you make them soft, they're going to become jerks and take advantage of it. So, yeah. 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 So mine was a little bit less lighthearted than yours because these black vultures, I read the whole story was like, they just, they don't even care. They'll circle around. Like they said, the farmers wake, get outside and there's like 10 of these things flying around and, and they find something they want to eat. They just take it down. So. So just like you. Yep. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so your spirit animal is the <laughs> that is the spirit animal of Chris because <laughs> yes. I'll just circle you know there's somebody dropped a corn dog in a parking lot he circled for a good <laughs> good five minutes before he swooped down just to make sure it was safe it was crazy you, you think I'm making it up I'm not I do a lot of things for a corn dog as long as it's real right it, it was <laughs> That's why you circled for so long, just to make sure it wasn't one of those fake uh, veggie corn dogs. Yep. Not again. Never again. Never. <laughs> John, did you have anything uh, only, off topic this week? Only that the fact that Skyrim is being re-released again. Skyrim. I know that's a. Is that uh, that's a video game? Yes. And it's being... Didn't that come out in like 2000? 2011. The original? Yeah. Wasn't there one before it? Yeah, it was Oblivion. Oh. That was 2006-ish. So they're, I just think... re they're re releasing it? Yes. This is like the fifth time. Did they change it? This one has been changed. It contains fishing now. Or something to that effect. <laughs> so that's your new that's your that's your marketing. This that's gonna hook the kids. Nah, hey well, kids, it's this is new it's got fishing. You don't have to wait so long to get your license. It's amazing. It's don't get me wrong, Skyrim <laughs> is a fun game, but I don't think it's fun enough to justify. I mean I've had it three times i have the i bought it for the 360 i bought it for 
Steam, the computer, and I bought the VR version. And then I got the special edition for free, which was the fourth. And now this new one that's coming out. It's just every time so they. You ha- so you have four, but six is the line. You're well, like, come on, guys. Six. I probably Shark paid. Nato. Sharknado's one too many, right? I paid well, full price for the, the 360 and the VR one. It goes on sale on the computer so often that. If you pay any more than like five dollars for the complete set, it's it's overpriced. But the point, oh, I have it on the Switch too. <laughs> they got you coming and going, man. Well, it's only because, like I said, it's a fun game, and my wife was wanted to play it, and instead of buying it for the computer, when we got the Switch, I kind of wanted to justify buying the Switch, so I got Skyrim for like twenty bucks. But just the fact that it's the same game that keeps being released for the last decade, it, it's just kind of funny to me. I mean, it was a meme, and then they just keep justifying the meme. Yeah, no, that's it's, uh, it's a good marketing strategy. We'll just keep re-releasing it, and we might add something, we might not, but, you know, people will buy it. I mean, it works for FIFA. Yeah, that's true. It works for sports jerseys. <laughs> so hey i i get a kick out of it i mean i wonder how much money they've made as a company just like re-releasing the same game over and over again probably a lot i would assume so maybe we should re-release our podcast episode by episode i mean we kind of happened. do <laughs> damn it you're right kirk's responsible for that one Hey, everybody, on that note, check out our highlights coming in. On, <laughs> they come out on Fridays, curated by our own running gag, Kirk Buckout. If you, and, can't, uh, if you can't take us for 80 minutes, maybe you can tolerate us for 16. So that's the same pitch. Yes. <laughs> if Make a shirt. Suck, if, we, if you think we suck long term, try us out short term. It might be better. There you go. Just... <laughs> <laughs> it'll be it'll be bad, but it'll be it'll be shorter, so you'll like it more. So it's it's less bad. So there, self-deprecating <laughs> at its finest. <laughs> but uh, no, check us out. Our highlights come out every Friday on YouTube. Kirk does the picks out the best parts of the podcast and curates those. John edits it, and we put them up for your viewing pleasure. And you sit on your sweet ass and enjoy the hard work of me and John. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Sometimes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm just assuming John was going to say, like, yep, that sounds about right. Hey, I'm working on, guys, I'm working on a cartoon for the podcast. I'm putting in my effort. Okay. So, uh, with that, we will be. Uh, Looking forward to the next 25 episodes. We did hit 25, which is a nice milestone. We were a little more, yeah, <laughs> nice little claps there. We were, we've been uh, slugging along, and it's hard to believe we've already hit episode 25. Uh, one shy of half a year. Yeah, 26. That's half a year, and uh, it's been a, you know, it's been fun. We've had a good time with 25 and. 
25 more should be even better uh, as long as, you know, John keeps up the animation. So, hey, I'm working on getting us more animation. I talk, I say that in jest. John, don't take that personal. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, thanks to all our listeners who are checking us out. Uh, we did actually uh, get up our, I got half the collaboration video done for the Fuse Crafts channel. So, John, any ideas on how when that's going up? I have to work on it. And I want to see what it would look like altogether before I decide if I'm going to split it up or not. Okay, so that was a terrible tease. We will get back <laughs> to you on that. Um, but we are out of time here, so thanks everybody for listening. Hopefully we opened up your mind to some different theories tonight, and we look forward to talking more about other theories that we might think are a little crazy. But uh, thanks for listening, and we will see you all next week. Kirk, John, thanks for joining us. Episode 26, we'll see you.